You're listening to PlayStation Unchained. Welcome to PlayStation Unchained, episode 128. I can't think of anything meaningful to do with that number, so we'll just crack on with telling you who we are. I'm Neil Bolt, as ever. Yes, I am Neil Bolt, the man who is also known as the wind of something. I don't know. I had a really good line for that. I fucked it already. Anyway. <laughs> the southern wind. <laughs> Let's, uh... Sorry, Tim. <laughs> the southern wind. You do. Do. I do do. I do 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 do. Do you do do? I do do you do. (laughs) (laughs) You do do. I'm pretty sure I do. (laughs) Yeah. If you do do, then do I do you do? I don't know. Your conversation. (laughs) It's uh, so yeah. uh, Joining us for this uh, hour and a half of intellectual stimulating conversation is none other than Ben Chillerbert Hall. How are you doing, Ben? Oh, not too bad, thank you. It's been an interesting week. Yes, slightly less the uh, you know devastating, and disastrous, yeah. and doom and gloom as last week. But yeah, it's still pretty doomy uh, and gloomy though. To be honest, we got to do that. It's like a background seething rage yeah. now. It's that like, doomy and gloomy is going to be here for the next two years. Yeah, whilst people are still going, it'll get better. Honest. Yeah, you know. it'll get better. Well, yeah. So, to which I quite. Uh, politely but fuck off and say <laughs> you know, go on your merry way sir um yeah yes it's a <laughs> we, we won't talk about that anymore i promise we said that all last week but of course <laughs> we were very subtle with it last week I felt, yeah we were know. we were complete nobody knew what we were talking about no i didn't even put it in the title of the podcast that week or anything <laughs> so, but yes it's been great a step up from the week before that's the main thing in terms of there are actually things that distract us like um england being shit at football again and um <laughs> and wales somehow making a semi-final <laughs> what i want to know is so i don't watch the footballs i don't understand the footballs but it was a the european footballs. cup right right what would have happened if we actually won would they just take it away and say, ha, it's, it's your fault, you're not in Europe anymore, you don't deserve it? I, I think that's what they're doing mm. to Iceland right now, because uh, France are battering them. and uh, Iceland notoriously had their own uh, sort of problems with uh, bankruptcy and such. But uh, So yeah, maybe it would have taught us a lesson. So yeah. they, they'd build our hopes up and tear us down, but this time they just thought, nah, nah just get them out as soon as yeah. possible. Well, to be fair, the, the only thing I know about European football is that France has a good team. Statistically, had a good team. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, coming up next on ESPN, we have uh, Timothy Nunes. How are you doing? Returning once again. Back once again. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been less than months. Yes, a couple of months this time. Yeah, it's uh, ah. the, the shortest... Uh, return date you've had that's just your average is now better than the undertakers so that's got to be something it's definitely something but i'm always really How you doing you just um yeah that's it you've um just pretty much finished moving into your new house now haven't you tim oh, i wouldn't i wouldn't say finish <laughs> <laughs> i say almost. i would say that we finally now can sleep in the house 
<laughs> but, but yes, we just got our house. Getting that. Uh, lovely looking time. I even got my first round of bills, so that's depressing. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's the exhilarating <laughs> high you look for in housing. So. Yay, buy wallet. Yeah, I remember my first of those things. It's a, a special moment. It's like uh, it, it doesn't spiral you into this doom and gloom feeling at all, I promise. It will get better. Um, who else do we have on the podcast? Well, we have to check if he's dead or not, as usual. Um, Gary, Gary Bagdasar, are you, are you alive? Alive. Alive, yes. <laughs> I'll go you. Gargantuan Gargloosh. Gargantuan. That's so great. Uh, how's everybody doing? We're doing good. Uh, no, I think we're all in agreement that uh, whatever country you're in at the minute, between us, it's fucked. So yeah, we're doing good. Yeah, yeah, but we're still here to talk about meaningless shite like video games. So we're pushing the right buttons, I'd say. But we're here to yeah. tell you why they're not meaningless, and this, which totally contradicts what I just said. But forget about all that and carry on and just listen to the words we have to say today. And first up, we're going to talk about what we've been playing all week, which is always fun. Now, I could start with Ben because I have a, a sneaking suspicion about what he's going to have been playing. Um, so, yeah, I will start with Ben. Ben, what have you been playing? Um, this- uh, some Goat Stimulator. And um, <laughs> yes, it, uh, stimulator, massive, massively multiplayer. Yeah, the MMO, MMO version of Goat Stimulator and Goat Z, the zombie version. You see, something else what, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy fourteen just doesn't cater for that crowd. So you know, I've been on Fantasy have... a little bit, but not as much as Goat Stimulator, the MMO. You say when you have a niche that needs filling, it's uh, <laughs> there it is, right there for you. Your, your stimulation of farming out animals is done and dusted. <laughs> yeah, corner of the market. That's what they say. That's it. Find I unlocked that. burger goat. He has a giant goat that looks like a burger. Well, that's just all kinds of wrong. Who has goat burgers? <laughs> but I suppose that's you know. That's that's the way the game goes. Is there anything else you've been playing this week? Uh, a bit of, of Destiny note? as well. That's about it. A bit of Destiny. Bit of Destiny. Ah, Ben. Ben, you're so super reliable. It's great. I like it. <laughs> but it does mean we don't have much to talk about when you come, when you come to this section. <laughs> what have you been so, playing? Listen to last week. <laughs> yeah, listen to the last 20, 30 podcasts. It's pretty much guaranteed to have two of the same games. It's good. <laughs> It's a lost art. Hey, hey in October, in October, I'm going to have a different game to play. So <laughs> yes. wait till then. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. The, uh, the the air conditioning unit in Vegas, I'd imagine, for you in October. So that'll be yeah. the, your favourite game. Or the itching uh, cream. The itching cream. You're going to play that cherry game in Vegas, aren't you? A cherry oh, game? No. <laughs> yeah, the one I got naked to play. <laughs> All right, Commander Cherry, yeah. yeah. With the AC bowling on you. Yeah, that's going to be Ben's worldwide tour of the Commander Cherry game. <laughs> Starting in Vegas. You can get resident. You make your money. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so, anyway, Tim, 
Have you played any games this week, even with all the house moving type stuff going on? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> How could you? Oh, yeah. There are moments. There are moments. I mean, my like uh, I would have to say my uh, my gaming crack for the last month when I've been able to has been The Witcher because Woo! I've been motivated. I've been motivated in a way that I haven't been motivated to platinum a game since I got into Skyrim. Mm, I know so, that feel. Uh, <sighs> shut your butt. I really... <laughs> that I, was, I don't know what you're telling me that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. I, didn't, I didn't catch an accent in the boo, so... <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I've been I've been playing a lot of that. I have a couple of reviews I'm working on for the Vita, mainly uh, Adventures of Mana, and um, I just started God Eater Resurrection. Mm. So I mean, yeah, it's, it's healthy for the Vita, despite you know constant rumors of its demise. There's still games coming, which is mad. It's, it's, people well, kind I of would, forget. Yeah, all right. I okay. say that uh, Adventures of Mana is healthy. But. <laughs> you'll see okay content content yeah so I to say, it doesn't matter what it is put it out there people will buy it yes <laughs> oh sorry no that's that's the activision uh, <laughs> motto if i remember rightly well it's stable call of duty on it yeah <laughs> and then everything else underneath it's like movie license yeah just just don't bother coding anything just put something out some screenshots put it in a box they're fine they'll be happy like that. Exactly. Rinse and repeat. Yeah, so that's so The Witcher. Are you doing the DLC or is it just the main game? Yeah, no, that's a thing. I'm kind of playing it also to get to the DLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are uh, people who haven't gotten that far, or trophy hunters, people who even give a crap what I'm saying. Uh, you, you have to do a certain few things in the core world before you can go into the DLC or. Certain trophies get locked, so you can't get them until you do a different game. So, <clears throat> I really want to check out the DLC. I guess I'm only level 24 now, after 50 hours. But <laughs> the DLC is so good, Tim. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Shut your so face. <laughs> He's taking the long road round. Come on. But, but that platinum's going to be so good. I only got the one trophy left for my platinum. Which one is it? To the beat the cards? game on the difficulty. I started on that. Which I can do at any moment. Like, I'm literally in the last quest, but for some reason I haven't gone back and done it. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know. Maybe because once I do it, I know that I've done everything in the game, and I won't go back to it. I don't want to feel that way. Which is a weird thing, because it's like a false thing, really, I find with trophies, because you haven't really done everything. It's like a it's, mental thing. You know? Yeah, like, I know, I totally I agree. The amount of games I've just stopped playing because I've got all the trophies and then said, well, I could play it again or carry on. Skyrim being one in particular, it's like I'd already put hundreds, yeah. Yeah, 120 hours in by the time I platinumed, in it, platinumed the game, but I didn't you do You too? 120 more. hours? Yeah, yeah, from the nice. base. Yeah. We're brothers now. And I got the flat too. So, yeah. it's like, which is, like you said, that's one of those games that really sort of motivated me to get a platinum. It's like just, 
But, you know, that sort of middle bit where you have to sort of negotiate the right way around things in case you accidentally lock a trophy out um, by without even realising it. It's to... Uh, yeah, luckily I managed to chance a few of those and get away with it. But yeah, it was ah, beautiful game. I can't wait till October to play it again. I really can't. This, right. the, the DLC came too late the last time around on PS3. And it was just, ugh. And yeah. The moment had passed, if you will, on that one. So I only sort yeah. of briefly touched upon it. Yeah. Sorry, you were saying, Tim. I forgot. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, we're live, man. We're live. You can't forget. We can't have dead air. Oh, snap. Let me pull up the cards I don't have. Okay. <laughs> oh, snap. They're burning in my hand. Um, <laughs> I, I totally lost myself on that segue. Um, well, I lost on the segue. I just want to let you know, Neil, that I adore you because you remind me of Clive Anderson. <laughs> I remind <laughs> you of Clive Anderson. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. Uh, his humor makes me smile, and you make me smile, so you're Clive Anderson. Oh, uh, thanks. I am the original host. <laughs> Who's like it anyway? That's, uh, that's magic. So that. that's, so I, I've got more hair. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's not hard to do. I'm balding, and I have more hair. <laughs> oh, oh, that reminds me. Speaking of Clive Anderson, the thing I wanted to bring up about trophies. Good for it. Uh, segways are weird I'm actually in a in a weird relationship right now with Metal Gear Solid 4 I've had it half done and most yeah. of the work done in terms of what I need to get the harder trophies I've had most of that done for probably uh, since like the first at what 2010 when the trophies came out no I was when the game came out uh, what 2014 uh, yeah 2014 game was out 2008 trophies came in about 2014 I think yeah 2013 it was just before the PS4 came out I think I'm right and I haven't done them all because I know I won't play it again and that's just that that, and it's not because I don't want to it's just like I have I mean like I've done everything I could go do it again but uh, I don't really have yeah I like that with um XCOM enemy within it's like I literally have two trophies to get which are the hardest trophies but if I do them that'll be it I'll, I'll seek no challenge anymore not that I'll ever probably play it again anyway once XCOM 2 is on console so but still you know it's like yeah uh, there's that the Darkness 2 I just couldn't be asked at the end of that one I think with the last one <laughs> so it's like I've replayed I mean, this catch, though right like we're we're going well if we don't finish it we'll never play it again yeah, but if we don't finish it, we're not playing it right now. It's like it's why um, GTA Five. I've put in you know, hundreds of hours on and offline, but I'm nowhere near anything in anything because I know that that if I do, that'll be it. I'll, I'll lose interest or something. It's like, <laughs> and then I see people like on GTA Online with level eight thousand. It's like, hey, I'm I'm still on level seventy. It's like, <laughs> well, they got those levels in like ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, it's just. Things like that. It's a weird thing, trophies, as we said, it's that they do that to you. They compel you to go and grab everything you can in these weird ways. But, uh, yeah, I've mellowed on that a bit, I think. I think I got to 30, and I was like, eh, don't care anymore. So, probably because but I got all that it. stuff done. So now I can... Because I've never actually finished the story in GTA 5. Don't shoot me. Never finished the story? No. 
Don't shoot me. I've never finished it. I I bought it on PS3, and most of my friends ended up just wanting to play online, so I had like no time to do the story. And then the PS4 came out, and I stopped caring about what was going on at that point <laughs> with PS3. So now the PS4 game version came out. I just quickly, as quick as possible, went through the online stuff, so I don't have to worry about it anymore. Especially after Take Two said uh, GTA Five Online won't be around forever. I'm like, give me. Mm-hmm. I made sure I got that done. They say that, but you know, the game's still in the top five every week. And it's like since for what three years? And it's like that game's and not going away any time. And making billions off nothing, right? Oh, just mad, isn't it? I think for all the shit that GTA Online got, that game makes dollar still. It's just it's crazy. It's, I mean, people go on about oh, you know annualized games and you look at that and you look at a game that took years to make and they just put one out and they haven't done a game since and it's like and it's still there in the charts when all this other stuff that's probably cost close to the same ballpark has just gone long ago it's it's just building a good game uh, you know from for me anyway that's how i see it oh for sure and but it, there still has to be some sort of magic to it because there are plenty of games that it had that have same mentality, but they haven't been able to get the sort of returns that like GTA gets, you know, because you don't have a name like GTA written on the label. Yeah. So like you can put time and effort like into a different game with a completely different title, maybe with the same team, but I can't imagine that you would get that same kind of turnaround without a name like that. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, but you know, and to do that, they built that name that's the thing it's oh, like, sure. and they did it at the right time I think so it's much harder to sort of do that the same way now because the industry is so different and you know as much as you wish that companies would take years to make something with the thought of it lasting for years it's like now you know that even you know, look at destiny back of the mind took years to make but they knew that it wouldn't last and it's like because it got you know cut up into pieces and then they're like oh well okay so people are blowing through this content really quickly so um we're gonna have to do that destiny too soon now uh but it's, it's uh yeah i mean you look at stuff like titanfall you know that was dead within weeks you know it's mm-hmm. it's hard to build a solid online community and hard to keep make games that last people you know for and i, I guarantee that the reason gta 5 is still in in the charts every week isn't because of the single player stuff as good as it is you know, stuff keeps getting added to that you know this whole latest thing they had with the whole um you can find uh, you can have a fight between a, a werewolf and bigfoot like if you collect the right amount of the trippy drug stuff that turns <laughs> you into like spirit animals it's just like and you have to do everything in like precise locations precise times right weather and it's like just to make it happen. And, so, and if you do it, you like unlock the werewolf for like director mode or something. But so, so you can't cheat your way to that. You have to do it the correct way. It's just little things like that. There's some really bastard hard stuff in there to do. And so if, if you wanted to put the effort in, and it's like about free content they put for that game as well, it's, especially online. You know, they still haven't done a paid DLC since. Yeah. And, yet, and yet updates every couple of months. You know, add a bunch of stuff in here. And a bunch of stuff there. They could have easily made you buy 
clothing and cars and stuff with real money, which yeah. you know, the option's there, but you can just go and earn the money pretty well and pretty exploitively if you wanted to. So, But yeah, enough about GTA V, which gets far too much press as it is. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Did that cover you, Tim, in terms of games played this week? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're good. Thanks, Neil. Yes, good. We we milked that for all it was worth. So I'm glad we did well on that one. <laughs> <laughs> if we're good at anything, it's making long, long conversations out of nothing. It's the best thing for podcasting. So yeah, it's good deal. Good deal. Good hustle. <laughs> Gary, good hustle. I'm good hustle. Here. Yeah, we are literally virtually doing a huddle here. I swear to you. Um, Gary, you've been playing games, I'm sure. Have I? I don't know. Oh, okay, we'll move on then. <laughs> so mean. Why do you hate me? Well, I could list the reasons, but... Wow. <laughs> I didn't know there were so many reasons. <laughs> I've, I've, I've always got a sidebar open when I'm talking to you. literally just add to every time we podcast. And <laughs> it grows. You know, takes up half the memory of my computer now, Gary. It's a long list. It's like wow. a big word document. <laughs> I feel honored. I feel honored. You should. It's like it's abusive this relationship because you know for all these faults I have for you, um, I keep wanting you back on the podcast. So what is that? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> Doing something wrong? You're going for punishment, man. Yeah, that's it. Well, yeah. Judging by the games I played in the last month, yeah, I definitely am. <laughs> What's the, what's the total score of all your reviews, Neil? Of my last three, right, the combined score of all three games only makes 8.5 out of 10. So, yeah, uh, that tells you all. But we'll get on to that in a minute, I'm sure. It's <laughs> all so good. Um, but, Gary, yes, you have yes. been playing games. Um, otherwise, your your existence here is meaningless. Oh, thank you. Um <laughs> I pow- I powered my way through two RPGs for review. Um, first one was the Technomancer uh, from Spider Games and Focus Entertainment. Uh, the other one was Star Ocean uh, Integrity and Faithlessness, which is a game I've been looking forward to for a very long time. Um, ended up being a little underwhelming at the end, which was a big disappointment for me, but it was still a pretty enjoyable game. Um yeah. Yeah, actually, those are the only two games I had time to play. <laughs> <laughs> two two fifty-hour games uh, in in a short amount of time doesn't really help. Yeah, no, no, I I totally get that. As I remember <laughs> last uh, October sort of time, September October, where no, it was October November, sorry, where um I played Wasteland to Divinity Original Sin and then Fallout Four in a row. No, and for review, and that, was, that was insane. And then when I got to The Witcher free to play, I was just like, nah, nah, <laughs> no, <laughs> not, not interested. Fuck this, fuck this. No more RPG bananas for me. I'm done. Move me on to the apples. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is draining to play big games one after the other. It's why I like to vary things and have small game, big game, small game, big game, shit game, shit game, shit game, shit game. <laughs> Which what did y'all talk about now? Probably that's where it. Um of course last week we talked briefly about uh Umbrella Corps and how shit that was, so we don't need to 
go on about that. Dino Dini's kickoff revival, which was terrible. Uh, Yeah, and I started wondering if maybe I was just being a bit too silly about that. And then I saw the rest of the reviews sort of pile in for that. And it's just like, yeah, two out of 10 is like the average now, you know, which tells you. you I now feel like I overscored at two out of 10. So, yeah, it's terrible. And I was I was so close to giving it the same score as uh, the infamous Afro Samurai two <laughs> single episode that never turned into a series. Uh, it was oh, uh, pump, 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 pump. So to be fair, um, the only yeah. thing good thing about the Afro Samurai thing was they were good enough to realise that how bad it was and pulled it. Well, I don't think Capcom will do that. They should have released it as a free to play game like they planned to. Totally. No, I'm not. I'm not imagining it, am I? I'm sure they did say that Umbrella Coils. Well, they announced it as a free-to-play game, and it should have been. Yeah, like you say, because twenty-five quid. Plus I've never heard of a... it as being a free-to-play game. To be honest, I always thought it was a twenty-five quid budget game. Well, it's like at first, first, why I didn't bother sort of asking for a review code? So, oh well, you know, it's like we could, it'll be out when it's out. Who cares like that? And then yeah, I looked on the store a couple of days before it came out, and I was like, twenty-five pounds. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, all right, I better get in a review code request. But yes, that's that's last week's shit. Uh, we've shoved that, we sweep that into the gutter as we do with all the shit because we live in the olden days, apparently. Um, hmm. this, this week's uh, only one, which is happy days. Um, Trials of the Blood Dragon, which uh, is Ubisoft's... Uh, attempt at mashing their franchises um it's trials the you know as in trials fusion meets blood dragon of far cry blood dragon spin-off fame um so yes it's shooting and stunt biking really um with some platform sections (laughs) i say platform sections (laughs) in the loosest loosest possible sense of the word um yeah they are frankly terrible i can't remember what game it was like. Yeah, I do. Um, a game called Abyss Odyssey last year. I said it just had some of the, one of the most laughable jump animations because it was literally like the guy. The, there's no body movement. It was just like straight up like that, and yeah, there was no, you know, the legs didn't bend and nothing like that. Same here. Just like it just moves so weird and floaty, and it's like it's like I said, it's almost like the trials engine wasn't built for making people jump around in it was meant for bikes but yeah there you go yeah so there's far too many of them in this game to, for a start which is just horrible so you just want to get them out of the way it gets worse later when they give you jetpack sections and it's just like ugh, it just, you want to throw the screen at something else just yeah disgusting and when you do get to go on the bike um, and get that good trials goodness, it's uh, unfortunately quite terrible in, as well because you don't get to do much of it and just it doesn't feel as good as, say, Trials Fusion did. Um, plus, top that all off, it doesn't have any of the other features of, say, Trials Fusion. Stories, eh. Michael Bean turns up again, though, so slight highlight. I suppose, but yeah, like I said the other day, it's uh, probably the second most irritating set of children fathered by a Michael Bean character that ride dirt bikes and uh, snotty little kids. It's uh, mm-hmm. 
John Connor being the first. So yeah, it's a shit game. Let's be honest. And with that and the previous two I've mentioned, they are the three games that make up a whole of 8.5, which is uh, grand. But I made it all better. I made it all better in the last week because I was so you know, down with having to play such terrible dross. Um, I carried on with a bit more Shadow of Colossus. So I was saying last week, Tim, after our conversation a couple of weeks ago, uh, where mm-hmm. we were talking about The Last Guardian and Shadow of the Colossus, I started it on the PS3 version again because I was like, I never got around to finishing it on PS3. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've, I've been doing that and just, yeah, loving it again. And it just, for all its awkwardness, it's like, the fact you can tailor some of that awkwardness out with the control settings, it's it's just aged quite well, which is amazing. You know, so probably because it is so simple, you know. And uh, yeah, just some of the boss fights are just fan bloody tastic. They really are. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I hit a stumbling block when I got to the one that's like a giant crab. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, I hate that one. I remembered hating that one last time around. <laughs> so, but yeah, that that was fun. Um, I got Gravity Rush remastered because the sales and it was cheap. Uh, I wanted to get it. Um, I love the Vita version yeah. anyway. Yeah, lovely game. Still lovely. Uh, it's, it fits for me on the uh, PS4. It's like, it feels like. In the nicest way, it feels like an old Sega game. You know, it's just mm-hmm. something about it. Just you know, you don't. Ah, it's, what it is, yeah, it's very Japanese. <laughs> it, you know, every, all European-looking cities and quirkiness and tentacles and powers. I, I'd say tentacles, not in the hentai sense. Here, I'm just saying there are always tentacles in these things. It's just the way of it. But yeah, lovely game, loving it. Um, that leaves me with two things. Um, Street Fighter V Story, of course, uh, finally came out. Only, what, four months after it's supposed to. Um, and, yeah, it's wonderfully daft, you know. Now, Injustice uh, has a great story for a, a fighting game, but Street Fighter is just, like, so silly good. Yeah, just They managed to find fairly stupid ways to sort of get everyone involved in the story, you know, like everything has to be resolved with fighting, which works to its advantage, of course. And yeah, you you mix and match a couple of like, you know, you'll have, you'll get the chance to beat up cops and uh, lowly grunts as well as actual other fighters. And it's, and a guy who's uh, wearing a suit that's clearly about 20 sizes too small for him, but he obviously wants to show off the old, deltoids and such it's he looks like a proper uh, anime character like something out of jo- something out of jojo it is yeah interesting looking guy yeah that's been fun and mainly i'm still reviewing it but uh seven days to die um we're talking pre-chat about uh arc and games like that that don't really tend to sort of come out on consoles because for some reason probably because they're still early access to, to a large degree and we've been promised in the time it's taken for Daisy to say that you know to be announced for playstation 4 and it's nothing ever said again h1z1 was obviously sony backed and then that disappeared for ages and is coming back in a spin-off form instead of the full game and yet here we are seven days to die doing the exact same thing out of nowhere, Telltale backed, and yeah, 
so yes what you have is a pretty grim looking uh, i say grim in the sense of it looks bad uh you know survival zombie game that's yeah it's compelling though there's something about it just this whole micromanagement of everything could kill you not just the zombies the weather oh. the weather the dysentery we're not getting any of that cool stuff are we because it's just going to be a pvp sort of thing yeah so i said but seven days to die has all those things oh, that nice. they promised for the other games which is nice yes so you uh you can die of all the wonderful things that you would probably die of in a, in a post-apocalyptic world like you know break your leg from falling from a high distance better make sure you've got a splint if not you're fucked um you know drink dirty water you get dysentery better drink some stuff that calms your stomach or you're fucked uh run too long in the baking sun you'll get heat stroke and don't go and call off somewhere. Yeah, you get the idea. You, you're going to die pretty much whatever you do. <laughs> so, like uh, go up to a bear and tap him on the back of the head with your club. He's going to kill you. It's... I don't know. I, I survived that. Yeah, it doesn't work so well. The only time I've actually managed to kill a bear in Seven Days to Die is uh, shooting it repeatedly in the face. And I did enjoy the uh, several slabs of meat I got out of that to eat. It was uh, a glorious moment. Any idea of the price and release date of it? Because it does sound fun. Uh, it's out now. Oh, it's out now. It's about £30. Yeah, it's out £30 out now. So it's on the store, I think it's £30. So it's probably about 25 quid out there. As I said, it's very rough looking. It's buggy. There's it's frame rate issues here and there. But I don't know, it's just something about it that's quite fun. And you can play split-screen co-op. You can play online online uh, versions of the game so you can kill people it's the same whole daisy thing if you can kill people or you can trust people that nonsense your stuff gets lost in the world if you die and you can go and reclaim it and it's all these different zones it's yeah it's really fun i i don't think it's going to be a great game overall but I th- it just has enough of something you know it's like it's i'm pushing past the way it looks and some of the nonsense that happens like i'm getting heat stroke in a thunderstorm which is just nonsense <laughs> and, I, yeah. and of course I, the only reason i got heat stroke is i had to run and to get out the rain because that was saturating me and i turned this all happened while i was in an area of the map where it's all like burnt out so everything's like a husk of a building so you can't shelter in any buildings because it will just like burn down cinders and by the time I actually found somewhere, I was like running a fever of like, I was like 150 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> like, yeah, like slowly my health's being chipped away. You know? And yeah, by the time I got into somewhere, it was too late. The damage was done and I couldn't cool down quick enough to not die, basically. And yes, all fun. Um, personal highlight you can pick turds out of the toilet and throw them at other players. Yeah. Oh god, I muted there for a second there. I was looking at the screenshots on PSN. Yeah. Um and there's one it looks pretty good. But there's one screenshot at the end where there's a picture of the icon of taking screenshots. <laughs> you know the little button that appear, the little thing that you can have as a notification telling you've taken a screenshot. Yeah. In the last there. screenshot on the store is there. Oh, that actually is almost fitting, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> the way the game is, that is perfectly fitting. Man, he just said you can take poo and throw it at people. That is the highlight of every video game. That is amazing. 
I mean, we haven't had that feature since Duke Nukem Forever. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You can <laughs> put trophy for that. Yeah. You can get water out of toilets so you, to, you can boil later to make it drinkable. If, as I said, if you don't, you oh. actually get dysentery. Dysentery is uh, shown with a lovely little icon that shows a butt with poop coming out of it. It's quite... It's great. I might have to buy a... this game. Just for that. It's, it's, it's good, fun. Good, Jackie. I think with your little goat simulator, I think... <laughs> You might like the jankiness of it, but yeah. yeah, it's it's brutal hard. It's like you can adjust all the settings and stuff. So you, if you want your world to be entirely populated by like fast zombies and lots of them, you can do that. If yeah. you want them all to be really slow zombies and all the time, you can do that. Um, slow zombies. Or if, you, if you really want, you can have world. Yeah, you can have it with none. Oh, Maybe none like, zombies. And, well, well, wait, wait. What's the point of the game then? Surviving, basically. Yeah, you still just... have animals and stuff, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the bears are out in force. And if you're so online... That, then it you becomes a bear it. simulator instead of a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a zombie bear. No. Zambezi bears. Zambezi bears. Zambiris. Right. Yeah. I'll tell you what, the first night you have to hole up in somewhere and you don't know what the hell's happening with it all. So that sounds like most of my happens. open world games. Yeah. It's I'm like, here, it's what just... am I doing? <laughs> It is kind of terrifying because there's always noises like intermittently throughout the night. No, like none of it matters. If you there were no zombies there, you'd still hear these noises. Like so, you're like owls uh. hooting and wolves howling and stuff like that. It just puts you on edge. And like I set my in-game day to like uh, 120 minutes, so the nighttime just drags, drags on. And it's like I, I want to go outside, but I can't because I know that I will die. Very soon. If I go outside, like, zombies will eat me. <laughs> yeah, when you start hearing stuff banging at the door and like that, and you're like, uh, "No, oh, Christ, I don't Christ. want to give you sugar. Go away." <laughs> <laughs> the most aggressive Jehovah's Witnesses of all time. Have you heard yeah, about the book? That, that... The book. <laughs> <laughs> the book of the Sunday. But yes, that concludes my lengthy uh, thing on uh, playing video games. So I suppose we should move on to another thing about video games. Um, mm. What have we got? Uh, we were going to do this uh, last week, but uh, we were malnourished in terms of uh, people on the show. Not that we were hungry. We were just two people is what I meant. But yes. So I'm a fat kid. I'm always yeah. hungry. <laughs> ben was looking at me and thinking, yes, yeah, I, I could eat you. He was thinking. Is that... I've got this arrow bar next to me. I'm thinking I could eat you. Canadian. Anyway, we are going to talk indie games this week, uh, as we were going to last week, which, if anyone would like to remember, sort of came up a couple of weeks ago when Tim was on, when I think Ben said something really mean about games, I'm sure, and <laughs> we, we were like, we'll talk about this. Ben. Yeah, we'll I'm known for my really mean comments. It's, it's one of my main yes. factors. Yeah, I think actually it was just a... a a comment you sort of made, I think, while we were talking about something else about indie games, and about I think it was well, wasn't about it, importance. Wasn't, wasn't it, it during the conversation about Death Stranding when I brought up how bad uh, the first Outlast was? Yeah. Oh no, Resi, that would have been then. Yes, yeah, I think it came up during that. I think we were talking about there we go. Indie, indie games doing horror, and which is something I'm sure we'll get into. Now. As I'm sure anyone who's ever read the comments of 
a monthly PlayStation Plus update of the instant games collection will tell you there's a lot of people that consider indie games to be uh, non-existent, pointless, and worthless because they don't cost 50 quid and don't have flashy trailers and guns and things like that. I'm, I'm guessing. I, it sounds like I'm being very general with that, but really, honestly, look at the comments. You're being very accurate. <laughs> it's deadly accurate. Uh, it still is to this day. People will not understand how a game made by five people can get the same score as a game made by hundreds. It's it's not really a math that you need to work out. It's like a, five people can make a bad game, five hundred people can make a bad game. It's and vice versa. You know, it's it. It's not hard to get that around your head. But yes, we live in the age of uh, frame rates and graphics and everything's got to be great looking. 1080p's. It's got to be 1080p's. the 1080p's. It's got to be the 4K's now and the VR's <laughs> and the stuff is... The four carats. Like and the... But um, I think during the last generation, console games got to a point where they were getting very expensive to make and... That's where the split happened, I think. Uh, indie games started to become more important in that regard because you weren't really getting as many of the sort of B-tier games you, know, you used to um, back in, say, the PlayStation 2 days and before. You know, games that were still very good in their own right but clearly didn't have the same budget. And, yeah, it's with the big companies, it was like you have your big games and then you have your stuff they don't care about. It's, I said Activision earlier, Activision are pretty much the bona fide. Uh, they are that company for that. You know, They have their stuff they care about that they pump tons and tons and tons of money into when you know that if they just put some of that money into the rest of their roster, they'd probably have a pretty solid roster. But, yeah, instead they continue to make rubbish games out of James Bond and Spider-Man, which is just baffling to this day. They, and anything they drive into the ground dies a death. Really. And so yes, indie games, as a result, sort of bring up that B tier, if you will, and start building an alternative almost to the modern AAA sort of industry. Obviously the PC was very much the spearhead behind that because it's, where they all sort of get their big break. Um, you have to admit that Xbox uh, with Microsoft last generation were very good at that with the Xbox Live Arcade stuff. And place, you know, Sony caught on with that very much towards the latter half of the last generation and into this one where they went very strong with indie titles, which was a smart move in the early months of the PS4's life cycle because... Let's be honest, there wasn't much in the way of big games coming out for quite some time. And I think maybe that's where a lot of the venom came in early on this generation for indie games is because everyone was waiting for the, I want my big game, I want my big game to come out now. There's no big games to the system, it's worthless. It's like, so anything that wasn't that got seen by these people that don't really play anything other than, you know, the bigger, a certain selection of games. I still hate the it, fact it that people fight to get. Uh, for, I mean, you're paying plus. What is it? But it's not. Well, how much is it now? About seven pound a month. Can't remember That's now. Five, yeah, six, seven. Yeah, about six, seven pounds. How many? <clears throat> how many full games at fifty quid? Do you think you're going to get for seven pounds? 
Yeah. It's just like, I mean, we're actually going to get one this month, though. Well, kind of. <clears throat> Saints Road, Gow of Hell. And I bet people well, the... will still complain. <clears throat> well, people will treat that as a big game. Yeah. It's like, even though it's not, it's yeah. it was the thing they sold like, they put for free with uh, the remaster of Saints Row 4. Yeah. <laughs> remaster, in the very loose sense. <laughs> Re- <laughs> it was pretty much the same game. <laughs> it's like the game we put out last time on a different console. Yes, yeah, so there have been wonderful games for me, especially, and this uh, it was encapsulated last generation. Uh, that small companies, I, I mean, we say indie, but here we will talk about games that obviously are backed by bigger studios, but are clearly made by a small team who would have a history of that. You think of that game company last uh, generation with Sony, um, who of course went on to make things like Flow, Flower, and Journey, which to me is one of my favourite games of the last generation. It's just amazing experience. It's two hours long, it's £10, and there's nothing like it. Nothing I've ever played is like Journey. And it's like, and it shows that big team, small team, you can make a great game if you have that freedom to sort of make your own ideas up. And Sony have been very good with that, with uh, smaller companies. You, you only have to look at No Man's Sky. Uh, the ambition behind that with a team of, you know, just over a dozen people it shows you where you can go with that if you've got the right backing and that indie sensibility. But dragging it back a bit here and going into you know, games that are properly made by small studios sometimes self-published, sometimes through <clears throat> smaller indie uh, publishers. Uh, I think of games like Rogue Legacy um, by Salador that's just superb. It's one of the best platformers slash roguelikes I've played with a lot, you know, and it's just oh, lovely little game. And I've put as many hours into that as I have Skyrim, you know, which is saying something, you know, Skyrim is this big, vast world and, so much to explore and I love Skyrim to death but yeah Rogue Legacy I've gone over and over and over with that game I've not platinumed it or anything or got all the trophies but I just enjoy it I enjoy the loop that it has and that's the best thing for me about a lot of indies is if they're not challenging the uh, the norm you know the norm of storytelling in games and doing something really amazing with that then they're taking the gameplay back to a very basic level that's you know, satisfying very gratifying stuff and that's what for me makes it you know as much uh, of much importance as AAA gaming in these days because without it you'd have a very mm, hit and miss market you know so that's not to say there aren't bad games from indie companies <laughs> because the, you know they're clear there are you just have to look at Steam Greenlight for how many bad things can be made by people to get a quick buck just think, without indies, we wouldn't have Rocket League. Yes, Do we really it, it, want it, to be in a world with no Rocket League? I would say yeah. no. Which, going back to that, one of the first games on PS Plus was the original version of that, the uh, super acrobatic blah blah cars, too long a name to remember. Um, now, that probably got more exposure from being one of those first Plus games. And then, of course, this Rocket League then went to Plus as well. So, for all people who might not like about Plus, it's it pushed that that company to where they are now. You know that's a good thing. You know that 
that was one of the most successful games of last year, Rocket League. And probably half because it was on Plus, but it showed people that that's, you can do something very simple, great concept, you know, it's football with cars, and run with it and make it something really compelling and balanced and people still play it to this day. That's just, it's, it's almost eSport worthy. Whether you like that or not, Gary, it's, it's still, you know, that's a, a big tell for an indie game if it can be up there with the games that are you know, made for that sort of thing. Yes. So I've gone on quite a lot about indie stuff now, um, but I'm going to pass around Tim. Your thoughts on indie games, um, their importance, uh, your favourite sort of things, that, that sort of thing. You know, I... And I'm gonna gonna take the uh, the uh, the the middle ground with some explanation. I will always accept indie games in the sense that they are relevant. But one of the reasons I also like to have PlayStation Plus is that they offer that it offers me games that I don't necessarily want to buy. Right, yes. so. It gives it. There are there are times when an indie game comes around, like I am Setsuna that's coming out this month, that has mm-hmm. that, that just gives me something. I, I know exactly, not exactly what it's going to give me, but I know that I want it. I know what I like about it. I know where it could go. I not really. I know where I want it to go. I want to know where it goes. Those kind of things. You have games like that that pop out, but you know, like with Rocket League. I had no idea what to expect from it. It looked like a boring sack of crap before I even played it. Like, I, I mean, like cars playing soccer, like whatever. Excuse me. Cars playing football. I had no idea. <laughs> you know, I didn't know what to expect. So PlayStation Plus comes around and says, here, Tim, this is for you. And I said, okay, fine. I'll check it out. Well, this is addicting. So you have things like that, and then you have other games that come out that are just special, you know, special mm-hmm. in the in sort of, like, we don't talk about it special kind of way. Um, and I, I'm trying to think of a one offhand right now, and I, I really can't. Um, you, we we guess, um, brought it up a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking, um, when we were talking about Resi and outlast and that when we talked about layers of fear which is obviously oh, yeah. that's any game you know that's one that came through early access on pc and into the light now and yeah and considering that the developers pedigree before that on the games they had to work their way up to to get there you know to a level where they made a game that effective it it's, it's it was really impressive you know and it's a, a masterful little slice of horror, right? Oh, for sure. Um, and I'm always going to badmouth Outlast because I do not like it. I could not stand it. I I found so many holes in it in terms of its execution that I do not respect it. I played it enough to know that it was very exploitable and it did not retain the fear aspect that I was looking for in a game that promises it. So I gave up on it. And that's another example of like, I I don't want to know if it's, I don't think it's considered indie anymore just because of the following it has. 
but when it came out, it had that presence. Layers of fear had that presence, but layers of fear is limited in its sense. Like you're not actually being like chased. You're more of less experiencing what this house has yeah, to offer, be, what your history has to do. Yeah. So it's all dependent on your movement as opposed to dependent on you scaring yourself, which is what Outlast was doing. Like if you rush through that whole game, you're going to miss a ton of stuff. But yeah. with layers of fear, if you rush through it, you're going to get scared faster. Yeah. That's, that's the big difference. It was, it was smarter for me because it subtly let you know where you had to go next. I never felt lost in layers of fear. It's like the game was that good at manipulating you into the right area. And it was just like, you should go here next. You should do that next. And it's like, and yeah, it knew how to sort of draw you into the trap, so to speak. It's fantastic in that regard. Oh, going back to um, you know, one of the key ones in such genres, uh, Gone Home is one that does that as well, where you have, it sort of drags you around the house in just about the right way. It's like, I mean, obviously there are people out there that would go against that flow of things, but yeah, great stuff. Sorry, carry on. It's just, <laughs> it came to my head. Well, no, I, I totally, I totally understand. And you mentioned, um, I can't remember which one it was, but we talked about it in uh, two podcasts ago, a game that, that you had just reviewed. It was another indie game and, Yes, we oh, adored oh, it. Great. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I had no that's another one of those things. I had no idea what to expect. I still don't. I still haven't played it. But the fact that you're so enamored of it. And I I I have a good feel for your opinion on games. It's you know, I've done a lot of your editing, I've read a lot of your reviews. I have a good feeling. I have a good sense of your like you like your likeness and your integrity and your sense in games. So like after reading and working with that internet review, I went from like nothing to wanting to play it. And now I've just been distracted. That's the only reason I haven't played it. <laughs> well, yeah, the whole moving house thing is a, a tiny bit distracting. To be fair. I mean, a little, but, <laughs> but yeah, Oxen I don't know. is a very good example because no big studio would make that game. It's like a game that is, you know, even telltale now would not make that kind of game. Again, that is just, Puzzles are there, but they are not important. You know, they're there to help advance the story a little bit, but the conversation is the bread and butter. And by concentrating on that, it makes for a better conversation system than games like Telltale's output or even Life is Strange. And it outdoes Life is Strange in the whole teenage uh, conversation aspect really well. I mean, it's just amazing that some of the stuff they come out with is yeah it's the right kind of cringy and it's like that's what a young person would say i know that because i fucking hate what they're saying (laughs) (laughs) yeah not all the characters i'm just saying there are certain characters you you get that vibe it's still very relatable on a basic stereotype but they have these little extra layers to them which you learn through conversation and you can find out completely different things about them the next time around just by treating them differently and it's just it's not making it like a point of impact like something big and dramatic must happen because i've chosen this thing in a conversation you know which is (laughs) or in mass effect freeze case you know all your decisions mean nothing at the end but (laughs) it's it's a wonderfully 
different kind of game. And like I say, with you can't really achieve that with studios of you know dozen more than a few dozen people because yeah, you start going more towards a will this make money rather than will this go down well critically. So it's it's a strange sort of middle ground that's being caught up on though. You know, it's like you're getting there now. You're getting somewhere in the middle of games made by small studios with the creative freedom they need with being backed by that big publisher budget and sort of getting there. And I think, like I said, No Man's Sky could be very important in that sense because it could be that game that, that bridges that gap. That, uh, it's People are hyped for it like it is a big game because that's how Sony have pushed that game. You know, it's something to be hyped, whether that's a good or bad thing in the end remains to be seen but it's there and people that normally would call this sort of thing out as being indie trash or not even notice it because it's not made by a big company with that Sony backing they see it they see what it is and they treat it like any other big game it's like I mean the the, uh, key example if you think about it is Minecraft you know if you're going indie games that have mainstream appeal I suppose, but it's one of the it's one of those uh, modern things that sort of it took a different turn to get there. You know, it was very much the uh, YouTuber sort of side of things that got that game big. Yeah, it's ah games carry on anyway. Sorry, Tim. Uh, but I totally understand. I, mean, I, I would say that uh, Microsoft, uh, excuse me, Minecraft. I was that was going to go on a tangent. Uh, <laughs> my, that Minecraft. Uh, is kind of in a similar uh, point that I also want to make, um, where a lot of and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that indie games are the only ones that are guilty. There are plenty of AAA games that have this sort of narrow vision, but generally speaking, like when it comes to indies, indies are great examples because they're smaller and they're easy to just kind of point out. But it's it also is pertinent in uh, not pertinent. It's also rel- uh, prevalent in big games too, where developers will come in and say like hey i have this really cool idea i want to do this and then people say that's a really good idea and then they'll put it onto paper and it sounds good and then they'll put it in the game and they realize that this good idea they had only felt good for like an hour so then you have the rest of the game to try to stretch it and you're caught with this like lack of completion like this this because you, you go in with this little idea and you end up expanding on on it more and more and that idea ends up getting forgotten and like the whole concept itself ends up not feeling quite finished or complete or realized so it ends up just kind of falling flat it's, and for me especially with with not just indie I, I'm just going to throw indies in there because they're also games but generally speaking for me as somebody who has done a lot of study on storytelling mm. and just uh, developing and creating and just the just the whole process around all those things put together um, a lot of video games now are becoming quite unfulfilling in that sense where I get into it and I go okay this is going to be pretty good this is going to be good this is going well so far and, and it hits a point where it's peaked way too early and then it keeps going and going and going and nothing happens from it and nothing keeps and nothing just 
it's just a waste of time. And then they go, okay, well, here's a, we'll just cut off here, kind of put a bow on the end and it's fine. And I get nothing from it. And I'm, I, I don't, and it, sure you can have like really cool mechanics and stuff. And I get that games, that's a major part of games and, and you know, playing a game is the point of playing it. But yeah. now, now, now that things are no longer like Pong or, you know, uh, wow, I can't think of the old games now. Those games, <laughs> the old games. <laughs> yes, thank you. Now it's not. Now that the industry is far, Pac-Man, far from that. Asteroids. Uh, sounds like good games. <laughs> Have we ever really left asteroids? <laughs> Most of them. Well, we did cut, bring an asteroids back, but never touched that game because it was so bad. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys heard that asteroid games on PC that remaster. Oh, that, yeah, the first person shooter thing. Yeah. Or uh, first person shooter thing. But that, that's a, that's a what it was. Centipede. To... I'm going to leave on that one as well. That was a good game. And Frogger. <laughs> but yes, old games, Tim. But yeah, like you, you had the, the, the simple execution due to simple hardware. And now we have complicated hardware with relatively simple games. And I feel like the hardware deserves better. The gamers deserve better. And the doll hairs and the squids deserve better for the games that we're getting to, for those doll hairs and squids. I like that, doll hairs and squids. It's like, I, I hear your cat agreeing with you there. That's a... You know what I'm talking about. For some reason I could just picture a squid with like hair. <laughs> just squid with don't tear one. Yeah. No. You hear that, Dander? You have tentacles. <laughs> it's always tentacles with you guys. We just like our tentacles. But I guess the long and short of it is like there are some what, indie the long and short of the tentacles. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> right back to the beginning. Um but the long and short of it is that I um, there, there are certain games that come around. I can't remember. I, for whatever reason, the title is eluding me, and I was absolutely in love with it. It was, it was rather glitchy, and it had some issues, but I was so enamored with what they were doing. Uh, it's uh, something of fire. It was on PS4, PS3. It's a game I reviewed, too, and I feel stupid because I can't remember the name. But it was a, like an action RPG ROM. Kingdom of the Fire? No, that's PS2, isn't it? I don't know. I'm just trying to think of games that end with under fire. I just can't remember. But it was a it was a small develop it was a small team in France that made the game. Like it was a team of 15 people made this big ambitious sort of like open 3D world, and it was great. And I loved it for that reason because they had a lot of things they wanted to do. The combat was. Kingdom under fire two pops up when I put PS3 French under fire. I I did the same search. That's not it. Not um, bound by flame, was it? There it is. Thank you. I thought you said you were talking about a good game, though. Dude, that game was... I loved that game. Like It, it was like a few bits short of whatever that conversion is. I have no idea. But it was just a little bit short, but there was so much ambition in everything they put that they just needed like a little more money, a little bit, a fewer more people, uh, just yeah. a bigger budget, a bigger chance than the, what they had. A little bit more time, maybe. I can totally agree. But, I remember playing that. I agree on that it did need a bit more to it i think i, I, I bought it 6.5 but like the whole yeah. time 7.5 okay. okay i'd have given it a so four my, 
like the whole time my prose was very optimistic on what they did. I just want them to do something else. And like I would put that game, even though it was a pretty ambitious game, pretty vast, really, I, I would put that under an indie t- indie cred because uh, Tim, it didn't have did that same thing. Else. What is it? Uh, they did the Technomancer. I was about to say, yeah, they are the same developer. Where the shit have I been? <laughs> Moving house. They also went and did uh, Mars Warlogs as well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, I feel like an ass. <laughs> okay, so now I know what I'm buying. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> oh, I, I just I just loved it. They're like, mm. It's just that kind of stuff. Like you have those indie games, like like any game, like big, small, whatever, that comes out and feels special to you, and it has something for you, and it has something not just for you, but for like a, a an audience, like a group of people, a massive amount of people, with forty million people. You need that kind of variety, right? You need to be able to touch everybody with your games in some form or another, whether it's the gameplay or the story, or the music execution, the subliminal things that they get from it that you had no idea were in there. Those just anything, but you need the variety of games long and short. And you just need with anything like Indies, especially because they have such a risk for a small team. They need to complete yeah. their vision. They need to put the, they take all the resources they have. Cause I know Sony is very supportive. Take all the chances they get. Don't even worry about things like delays because like, I don't want to say nobody cares, but nobody's really watching. So if you end up being delayed, they're not going to be as aggravated. They're not going to be as bothered. Complete what you're doing. Give us what you think we deserve, not just what you think is in your little limitations. You have the freedom. Use that freedom. What, like, you know, like developers like Call of Duty don't have. Yeah, I totally agree on that. And I, I, I've given a lot of games to like five out of 10 in my time. And um, from both sides of the spectrum, you know, the big games are smaller and smaller games that are about the five out of tens are usually doing something inventive with it to justify even going that high. They may be bad games in a lot of ways and very mechanical ways, but they have something you still wouldn't find higher up. And it's crazy. It's like, I said earlier, I, I played, bad games on both sides of the fence with that as well you know kickoff being a very recent example of that where it's a fun you know it's very it's a small team making it but still includes the guy who made the original version many years ago but yeah it's not nothing none of it sticks they've they've clearly done what you were just saying is a bad idea with an indie developer by rushing it to meet some sort of imaginary deadline, which for them was trying it out for the European Championships so they could cash in off it, basically, instead of actually just finishing it, refining it, and honing it as, uh, as best they should. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of small games. I, it's a couple of months ago there was a game um, Adam Byrne uh, was asking about for someone to review, and it was just like it was a bullet hell shoot 'em up, which I've played quite a few off for review <laughs> it's like it's like one of those little subgenres i seem to be getting but it's called uh score rush extended it looks very basic and doesn't really do much different to, to what it is that you'd expect but 
I don't know. It, it's just so intense as a game, despite its you know, visual limitations. And it's got this really cool little metal chugging soundtrack to it. And yeah, it it won me over because of that. You know, it just it did something just different enough. From because yeah, there are slightly bigger companies that have put out that sort of game looking a bit nicer. That yeah, it's like they're, they're still doing stuff, but you know, our type was doing <laughs> back in the nineties. So oh man, it's Those amazing. Are the days. Those are the days. I loved our type way back. I'd always have my Game Boy. Always had an R type in it. If it wasn't Pokemon, it was our type. <laughs> Yes, plenty of ambition is what I like about them. It's why I like reviewing indie games as well, because you can be surprised and you can learn so much. And it's a good balance as a reviewer, I find, if you're doing that, because if you only ever play the games you want to play and they're outright, uh, games you're like, I love the look of that game, I want that game, that's it, then you, you learn nothing effectively because you end up picking a lot of bigger games and you get that same sort of mentality with each of the games. You don't have this variety and ingenuity and appreciation for things beyond frame rates and uh, crisp 1080p graphical wow, wow, whiz bangers. You know, it's, it's an appreciation of the finer little things that make games fun, you know, that, that affect you, that maybe storytelling that isn't reliant on, press you know, press x to pay respects and all that shite it's yeah excellent yeah it's it's uh, yeah call of duty gotcha yeah you know. <laughs> it's just it's sentimentality at its worst uh. it really is it's like and i think some big companies are sort of twigging to it now that you know, the idea of you know, backing smaller studios and nurturing ea of course did it this year with uh unravel and Square Enix kind of do it with their that Square yeah, was, indie thing they do. Yeah, I was about to mention that. Um, Life is Strange uh, by Don't Nod is, uh, is an indie title in all fairness. And visually, it has moments of that you can tell that they've gone for a very particular art style to hide yeah. the limitations they've got. But they made what is still one of my favourite games of this generation. No, yeah. what I'm talking about now is the fact that Square Enix kind of is like a Kickstarter for indie games. Mm. And that was one of them, yeah. if I remember rightly. Yeah, that's yeah, one of them, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, they do very well at that. I mean, and they make you know, stuff like Valiant Hearts and... Uh, is it Child of Light? Child of Light was another one, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but three games I haven't played yet. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That, I want to jump out the window because I want to play all of them. But there's... I go downstairs, right? Like I, look, I go through my house, and I, I love it, right? And then I get down to my living room, and I love my living room, but then I look at my list of games, and I go, how did it get this far? <laughs> how am I this far in your backlog? I have so many things I want to play, and I got all those I have to. Maybe I should just frisbee them or something. <laughs> uh, just, I, I, as I am quite notorious for reviewing a lot, um, <laughs> Yeah, I have quite a big list of stuff that isn't quite finished. And it's like, there's games I reviewed, and I, I, I did what I had to do to get the review out, and you know, play enough of it, get a general idea of what it's about. You know, because not every game requires finishing to completion 100% in order to be reviewed. Because if you did that, you'd 
take weeks to review stuff <laughs> a lot of the time. It's like, or you do manic, stupid things like uh, try to complete Dark Souls three in a week and a half. Gross. Yeah, yeah, never again. Um, <laughs> I remember when Final Fantasy fourteen Heaven's Wall came out, and I had to, I tried to do as much content as I could in like seventy two hours without passing out and write the review. Yeah, it's like oh, I want, yeah. the, I want I mean, it out like, for the MMO launch. I want it out. Ah. I think Fallout 4, I think we got it, you know, it came early enough before Embargo and all that, but still, I think every waking minute I could play game, the game I had, to, I was playing it, because I was thinking, if I don't get a really substantial amount in here, I feel like I've missed something major, and it's like, but yeah, like I said, that going back to that earlier, it's like, did three RPGs in a row when that happened, or just... Christ, which brings me actually two of those were indie games in a Divinity Original Sin and uh, Wasteland 2, which was a Kickstarter game. And yeah, both very old school turn based uh, RPG stuff. And not normally my thing, but yeah, I quite enjoyed both of those. They were very good. And, and uh, storytelling, I mean, Christ, Divinity, uh, it was just mental for it. It just had such depth to its characters. And it's, it was amazing for something that was so basic and so retro looking it is uh, if anyone's ever played Baldur's gate it's effectively Baldur's gate okay neil we need to talk about definity original sin because i have been on the fence for that game for almost a billion years i've wanted it but i can't just pull the trigger for some reason yeah it's very tough to get into it is uh, it's very much that old school rpg vibe of it's like it's like here's your basic ideas you're on your own like that figure it out and that is that was incredibly frustrating when you when you've got a deadline and you're trying to figure shit out. It's not the best time, but uh, I don't know. I got into it really, really well. I mean, I think it was uh, Aaron Rashney, who's often on here. Is uh, he's he's a big fan of it, and he was hyping it to the hills before I got it the uh, PS4 version. And uh, yeah, it's just it is something. It's just a really, really good RPG. And it's like I think. You have to have a lot of time for it. You really do. You really have to have the investment. A lot of time. That game is massive. Like, I put, I put like, uh, yeah, I put like 50 hours in by the time the review was done. And I, I've yet to go back to it simply because the backlog just, just came and came. Well, like I said, straight after that, it was Fallout 4. And it was just like, bang and then like i said i tried bloodborne and witcher 3 just on playing for my own enjoyment and i couldn't because just no it wasn't working for me at that point i'd i'd saturate myself too much in the rpg yes divinity is a very good example of a studio doing what they want with their rpg and making what people liked about them in the first place i think uh it's um jim sterling who says uh that's you know there's a lot of things in games that got pushed to the wayside just because big companies said they should be because we did telling us we don't need these anymore like survival horror and such and indie companies have been very responsible for bringing a lot of those things back to the fore and making bigger companies realize that they they matter still i think that's why resident evil is taking its turn back to what it was because they've seen indie studios come and do horror and in ways that not only influenced by that original concept, but uh, taking it in new directions. And yeah, you can clearly see that in what we've seen with Resi 7 so far. Yes. 
but I'm getting this whole conversation off the uh, old tangent pool again. Um, so, Tim, anything else to say on Indie Indies? I don't think so. I feel pretty good in my answer. Hmm. Yes. Good, good. So, Ben. Yes, quite. Quite. <laughs> mm. Indeed. Indeed. Ben. Yeah, what's Indeed. up? Your turn. Indies, your feelings on indie games. I think I think Tim has pretty much covered up my whole feel on indie games, to be honest, with everything he said. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I'm going to add is, we, we were talking about Plus earlier, and my only grip with the fact that it's always indie games, I love indie games, uh, I, 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 I don't mind them being Plus, but it gives me less incentive to buy said indie games if they're not on plus mm. that month, because I know eventually mm, they're yes. going to be on plus. Um, yeah. I mean, it's they annoying. do do well by sometimes make one game that's coming out that week and say, there you go. That's plus straight away. Yeah. But yeah, there are games that just turn up and you're thinking, Oh, well, yeah, I, I want to like buy that. this. I'm not sure about it really. Uh, then you, yeah. Like, oh, wait, there's some plus in two months time yeah. or whatever. It's that right. yeah. yeah, I mean, you said uh, you, you stated quite often that one yeah. of your favourite indie games is, of course, Goat Simulator. Yeah. So one of the, the best games ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I have it on my phone, my laptop, my PS4. If there's any so, way I can buy Goat Simulator, I've bought a copy of it. I might have to download Linux just to download Linux version. Yeah. I mean, I was <laughs> saying earlier about <laughs> Minecraft being very much a game that was push the forefront by youtube yeah. culture and, and goat simulator is very much one of those yeah. games it is like, it is famous and it is on playstation 4 right now yeah because of the youtube because influence. of me nah, yeah, because, because of youtubers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> YouTubers yeah. Uh, yes yeah it is it's like i said earlier it's one of those things you just don't see a bigger studio doing it, even right. even if they were taking risks with a smaller studio. If someone came out to them and said, "We've got a game about a goat, right?" and it does all this stuff. Oh, so the game is really, really buggy and stupid, stupidly <laughs> terrible. And well, like, wasn't the game do? originally just made for like one of those indie jams? Yeah, and then That's, people it, enjoyed it so much that they decided just to release it. Yeah, yeah, I think it was something like that, wasn't it? Uh, which yeah. does often happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean downsides as i say with um indie games is that uh, i think tim you touched upon it to a degree there is a lot of repetition in terms of uh ideas as much as they do in triple a gaming it's like yeah. a, i mean indies probably the biggest indie contribution to triple a gaming these days is survival you know yeah. that's that whole thing it's just it's yeah. bled into other games to a massive degree, you know, it's like a I bit mean, too Fallout much, 4. in my opinion. Yeah, Fallout Four has an entire mode that is pretty much just like those yeah. survivor games, and there is too many roguelike games coming out. Still, though, most of them are still indie studios, and yeah. the good, it is easy to tell the good ones. Um, now, to be fair, that new uh, one that's I, coming out looks amazing. I want it with Mojo Attacks. Oh yes, because, that's isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But um, companies like Clay, um, who made um, Mark the Ninja, uh, Don't Starve, and Invisible Ink, you know, yeah. all have uh, great game, uh, roguelikes in Invisible Ink and Don't Starve. But again, going back to that inventiveness, Invisible Ink, it's a roguelike, but it's also a turn-based strategy, but it's also a spy game, espionage game. And it's like, it's just, 
Ah, it's, and there's no com- there's no proper combat in it still. But it's just it's about avoidance and and setting up paths of avoidance. Oh, you, know, so that you, you can talking about well, avoidance. You got what you got from like Biffle volume. Volume, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I think it's like Biffle. Yeah, I championed that yeah. last. Year. I mean, Thomas was alone. We get that in a yeah. minute. I mean, there you go. There's a game again. That, would be difficult to sell to a big company. It's a game about squares and rectangles, <laughs> and, and that having existential conversations as a platform. And it's it's got more character in those squares and rectangles than Call of Duty. Big, yeah, than Call. Going to pick on Call of Duty. I know. Press S for square. More than half the cast of any Assassin's <laughs> Creed game. You know, it's just. It's really well done, I think. The narr- I say Assassin's Creed, ironically, of course, because Danny Wallace narrates that um, Thomas was alone and is a part of volume. But yeah, volume, again, it goes back to that thing of, oh, people want to see old-school stealth stuff, but big companies don't want to do it. So what do they do? Volume is effectively Metal Gear Solid's VR missions as a game with a Robin Hood twist, which is really nice. And then you've it- got Watchcut as well. Uh, that came out that was quite a big game and had a lot of controversy because of the price. Oh, that puzzle game. Oh, The Witness. The Witness, that oh, was it. Oh, Tim. <laughs> Let, let's talk about The Witness. <laughs> now, The Witness is, again, another indication of uh, indie games coming to full circle in a way and coming up. Because it's, by indie terms, it is a very big game deal. Yeah. You know, it's by a man who's you know, revered in some circles. I, I still don't know why, but, you know, that's um, in Jonathan Blow. And so, yeah, it's a big deal. And uh, lots of hype about that game that came out. Tim, quite infamously, didn't uh, join in on that hype quite to the same degree. And uh, But you know what? Do you hear people talking about it still? Nope. Nope. No. It's like, and yeah, it, it, it dropped off the map. It's one of those. Yeah. Uh, Which sucks because, you know, the previous game you made, Fez, was pretty good. No, that's Braid. He's, oh, Braid. Yeah, I think of Fez. Was, Bill Fish was Fez, but Fez is brilliant. So yes, yeah. that's, that's a whole oh, other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just a nutcase as well. So. Yeah, <laughs> what is it with Indies and turning nuts? Well, it's, it's you have all that creative control. Yeah. You know, it's like with a bigger company, you don't have that. You do tend to get the more eccentric type, in that sense. Um, so that means I t- should make an indie game. Hey, maybe you could. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like I think it, it pays. It's like. Uh, we were talking about volume before. One of the first people indie-wise I followed on Twitter was Mike Biffle, um, off the back of Thomas Was Alone. And seeing the whole you know, thing from start to finish with volume, you know, as he was developing it and all the work, you, you, he sort of telling you what he does, he's been doing with the game as he goes on. It's just it's a fascinating thing to see, just, just how long it took just for a game like that to come out and all the work that went into it and it's just that was part of my you know, uh, bigger appreciation for indie games for me it's which is saying something and yeah he's still one of my favorite people for that it's like it's like he isn't shy about the fact that he has a bit of an ego about himself uh, talk about personalities in that sense he's very very proud of his work and very uh, opinionated but knowing with it you know it's like and and like say a phil fish or a jonathan blow who uh will just you know blurt out and not really 
think of the consequence, so to speak. It's, so yeah, it, it's nice to have a personality with these people, and yes, it does make for interesting games and, and interesting concepts, but you shouldn't really try and overshadow your game too much in that regard, because then... Yeah, not everyone can be Kojima in that regard. <laughs> you, you can't. You can't be the spearhead for everything going forward. And yes, but yeah, going back to the witness, yeah, it's, I've been tempted several times, but no, nah, it's just just the man sort of puts me off about the whole thing as a game. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, you're making a good decision. I could dedicate a po- I could dedicate an entire podcast. It's a bad mouthing the game and Jonathan Blow. Well, I tell you what, when we come to end of year and we, we're going to sort of uh, highlights and lowlights, I'm sure it will be among them. So, plus the only Ooh, thing I mean, I've got against Indie is Mike Biffle turned me down for my interview. That made me sad. Uh, yeah, we, I was supposed to have an interview. Him, yeah, for volume for Eurogamer, and on the day uh, it was going to happen, he cancelled. Like, no, that's a shame. I was yeah, going to talk about the game been. that you had that was existing. <laughs> so anyway, um, who else we got? Yes, Gary. So we will head on down to you. Who else we got? Sorry, I was distracted by this really large list, which I'm going to add snarky to now, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Surprisingly, I haven't already got it on here, which is uh, quite amazing. <laughs> um, I I have a somewhat different opinion on indies uh, from a lot of people. Um, to me, I don't consider a lot of games that other people consider indies to actually be indies. Um, I'll give you some examples. Like I am Setsuna, I don't consider that to be an indie game in any way. It's being done by Square Enix, big publishing company, big yeah. developer. I don't see how that's yeah. game. That's why I said at the beginning, as a caveat, it's like indie is more of a term rather than just saying independent entirely. It is it's now just become a game. category, really, than anything. Yeah, yeah. it's basically a, a genre. anything made by a studio that <laughs> anything made by a studio that could fit in a room, basically. <laughs> and uh, well, not not even that. I don't but care. How big is the room? Ubisoft, the next Assassin's Creed oh, game, is is an indie because they hire out uh, like a stadium. It's only one room. <laughs> well, I don't even think it's it's the case of how many people. I don't care if one person makes the game. If your game is backed by any sort of publisher, then to me, it's not an indie. To me, an indie game is something that you develop, you distribute, you publish yourself. That to me is an indie. Uh, uh, that these days now is a very, 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 very small pool because there even there are indie publishers now. Yeah, you know? I mean, Devolver Digital are very much the one for that. They are a big one for helping out indie games and and pushing them through. So well, it's uh, tough to me, now. This is just a personal thing to me. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. not indie to me then. Um. I, like even like Child of Light and Valiant Hearts, not indie games to me. I don't care how many people worked on them. I don't care how big the budget was. It was backed by Ubisoft. Not an indie title to me. Um, I think these type of games, in my opinion, I would just call them budget titles, if anything. Um, but I think 
the smaller games like these, I think, are very important, uh, especially to big publishers like Activision and Capcom and all these guys, for the simple fact that these games, they can look at these smaller games and say, well, look, people are really into this game, like Layers of Fear, you know, and say even Outlast, even though I know Tim didn't like it, a lot of people did. People were into it. And then you have the big part, you're like, well, people are into this type of first-person survival horror where you can't really do anything except run away um, or solve puzzles. Let's capitalize on that. Um, and we saw that with Resident Evil 7, you know, it's a huge drastic change for Resident Evil 7. Whether that was planned to be a first-person game or not, I think the influence was there from a lot of these other games that were very successful in that type of a genre. Um, you want to talk about Square Enix, you know, they're always talking about, oh, let's do, you know, these big, you know, the, the traditional turn-based RPGs are no longer, you know, viable in a lot of markets. So a lot of people don't want them. They want faster action-based combat systems. So every Final Fantasy we've seen so far going forward, you know, with the people 15 especially, it's very action. But then you have a game like I Am Setsuna, which is old-school term-based RPG, and more people right now, in my opinion, are talking about that game than Final Fantasy XV, especially Gary. after three. Gary, there, it, yeah. uh, Final Fantasy XV does have a turn-based kind of combat mode, if you want to turn it on. It is in the sense It's called wait have, mode. Have you seen the yeah. wait mode? No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, go watch it. It's absolute garbage. Wow. <laughs> I don't even consider it a wait. It's pretty much pausing the game, and... It... Well, it's not even pausing. It's so slowing down time to allow you because there's so much you can do with the combat system yeah. it's allowing you to slow down time to to pick your move faster that's kind that's of all. cool yeah it's cool but there's a limited time you can use it you have to have a like a uh what is it, like a bar that has to fill up while you fight uh, atp action time bar no it's not an active time bar it's yeah. you get points or something like that that build up to that bar and once you go into the pause mode, it starts draining that bar. So it's a limited time that you can actually yeah. slow down time like that. Um, but anyways, um, like, like I said, I am Setsuna now, this old school traditional type RPG, and people were talking about it more than they were Final Fantasy Fifteen, at least in a more positive light. I know a lot of people were talking negatively after that Titan fight that they witnessed. Um and they're saying, oh, look, this traditional game, let's probably go and do more like that. Um, so, so that's where I'm seeing indies are right now. I think they're a great platform for bigger publishers to see what's working and what isn't in the industry right now, uh, what people want, what people don't want. Um, you talked about The Witness, and The Witness is very interesting because it's coming from a developer whose game was incredibly successful with Braid, very innovative. So, in my opinion, his ego skyrocketed like none other after that game released. Um, and he decided to release his indie game that was in development for like seven, eight years, a puzzle game for full price, which is fine. Um, but I don't think he realized that for a full price game, people don't want it to be a puzzle game. They want more action. They want more interactivity in the world that they're in. And I think some games 
like an indie game like that would work for $60, but the puzzle genre doesn't work for that. But I think that's why it got so much hate as a full-priced game. Um, not because it was an indie game, but because the type of game that it was, um, which was a puzzle game. And I think puzzle games right now, people don't want to sit there trying to solve a puzzle for three hours on their PS4. They'd rather do it on their phone, you know, try it out for like 30 minutes. Oh, I give up, stop, go do something else, come back to it later. Yeah, there was a very um, defensive feeling about it then from those that were enjoying it to that point that it did become a sort of divide of people who got very entrenched in the idea of it being this great thing and just amazing and genius and all this, which is... But that's not... It's happened before with games. You do get that a lot where games obviously have a divide once the games have come out. Um, I would say Fallout 4 is one. Um, Bioshock Infinite is another, you know, a game that did very well critically and but people just the the change in opinion was very swift you know once it came out because the while reviewers were concentrating on one side of it um with the narrative and the themes and such uh players were going yeah but it's just lots of shooting it's like it's they said too much of one thing can kind of derail the original point and the witness said it's puzzles, puzzles, puzzles. Not really much else. Fine, yes. And he's obviously he's earned his way to do that, but it's not really. You, you can understand when people turn around and go, "Well, yeah, it's not for me. It's, it's too much of the too much of the same thing. It's just give me give me a little variety." It's like, I mean, in all fairs, the best games, no matter how pure the in gameplay terms they are, they have enough variables that you can play for a long time and things still feel, things still feel fresh. Rocket League is going back to that earlier. It's like one of them is a very simple concept, very simple idea, but many ways to skin a cat, so to speak there. Oh, sorry. With apologies to a cat. Left him. Andrew, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I have a cat too. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not one of them. <laughs> Yeah, it's I, I just hear stuff. Like yeah. even like you look at Kickstarter, for example, if your game is on Kickstarter, oh, it's an indie game. They need money because they can't find a publisher to make that game, right? That's cool and all, but then do you consider Shenmue three an indie game? I don't. I do. Why would it be an indie game? <laughs> because it's going to be published. Sony's behind the game. Yeah, but Sony's not funding it. That we know of. You really think that game can be made for the two million dollars they made for it? I, I I honestly don't think, even with the change in cost of resources, I don't think they can make it for less money than they made Shenmue Two. Right. <laughs> it's uh, it, 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 Sony are putting money towards it as much as they probably are with um, yeah. the Sky. Uh, yeah, it's you're still an indie when, game. I'm sorry, to, to me, they they asked what what was the the asking price for? I think it was like eight hundred thousand, wasn't it? Yeah. Initially, yeah. yeah. And they made then, two yeah. I'm like eight hundred thousand. Are you making like a mobile puzzle game? There's <laughs> no way you can make Shenmue three with eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I think <laughs> with Shenmue three was basically a. Sony says, "Yeah, we'll help you out, but you need to put it, you know, yeah. put it forward to see if there's interest." You know, it's like fair enough, but yeah, they probably could have gone about it a little better. And explain it a little better, but then you know 
what better to capitalize on than a shop announcement and get people just rushing to their wallets and you know opening the the old zip and uh flopping their money dick on the table <laughs> by the way if you want a good turn-based final fantasy game right now gary download that final fantasy brave exodus while it's still on the free b stuff yeah the pre-order oh. bonus uh, i already did it's already out in north america yeah, free, so. yeah it's I really a good have. game that's pretty fun it's pretty fun but yeah like like I said, with Kickstarter, like even Divinity Original Sin, that was on Kickstarter. They made a lot of money on that game. Mm. And with the money they made, they could have gone in and published it themselves, but they didn't. They had a big company come in and help them publish it. You know, like, sure, yeah. you can start on Kickstarter as an indie game, but once the big publisher comes in, to me, you're no longer an indie game because you have backing well. now. Notoriously, there's a, a very recent example of that being a bad thing, which is uh, Mighty Number no. Nine, which, <laughs> which, uh, which of course was uh, originally going to be self-published, and then uh, Deep Silver came in and uh, to, to help out, which yeah was baffling, especially as it happened so late in the day, and, and yeah, it's it also didn't help that it released on like seven different consoles. Yeah, that that that's that pretty thin. Yeah, I think that's a one you shouldn't ever include in your stretch goals when it comes to Kickstarter, unless you know you are competent enough to do it, which is unlikely. I mean, uh, we were talking about volume earlier, and Mike Bethel was insistent he would have the PS4 version and the Vita version, but he was always very upfront about the fact that the Vita version would probably have to come afterwards because he'd have to do additional work to make it happen. And he's right, he did. And then he said after that, it's like, I want to do something with this game for VR but it'll have to come later and obviously mm. nearer the time and he's doing that for free. It's You've got to set reasonable, sensible goals with that and that's where maybe that's big company mentality, especially with stuff like Mighty Number no. 9 and Shenmue Free. You know, big company mentality of the people doing it, um, not quite understanding how to work it on a small studio basis and it's big guys trying to play indie, and that's where the risk lies, I think. And we saw a great example of it with Allison Road, a game people were yes. super stoked for, went to Kickstarter, very successful, made way more money than they asked, and they decided, oh, let's go team up with a publisher. <laughs> now the game is dead, cancelled, no more. But What's going to happen with all that Kickstarter money? Yeah. They'll get but, thrown into a pool and they'll dive into it. That unfortunately is the, the risk you should always see with something like Kickstarter that it is not. Do not look at it as an investment for getting money back on, or, or getting a finished product. It's not. It's a gamble. It's always a gamble. And you my should... Kickstarter things arrived. Yeah. My amazing Hatterfield boyfriend plush toys. I back the right things. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's you should always look at it as being. It's got to be money you don't want to lose, to miss out on. Not, not saying you'll go down the line and go, I wish I spent that money on something else. It's like, no. It's like, you spend it, except that you may not, never see the product of that money ever again, because that's how it works. It may sound bad, but that's what Kickstarter is. and uh, That's what crowdfunding is in any way or form. But you are not guaranteed results with that. It's you, you're given- There's so many great, pure indie games, like Fez was a pure indie game you know one hmm. guy no publisher himself he quit the industry because he couldn't take it anymore <laughs> fez is all you get from him 
That's it. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> Thomas was alone. Same thing. You know, by himself, all him. Yeah. Very it's successful just, for him. And he expanded the next time around. He was sensible to think that he'll need a slightly bigger team. I mean, he did, again, he didn't go crazy. He, he made it. Yeah, added a couple of people here and there. Yeah, he did and make this game so expensive that he ended up spending all this money he made and trying to piss in a bottle while making it <coughs> the witness. <laughs> so good. Yeah, see, see that, that's kind of the point I'm trying to make. Like, once yeah. you publish, once you team up with with somebody who has the money, somebody who's known like that, then to me. You're not really independent. The, the whole name of independent is you're by yourself. You're not being helped by anybody. See, my, I see. I, I, the I, word I, is pointless to me. See, I don't mind it if the game's already finished and they're only helping you with publishing. I can see that as being okay. Yeah, because then they don't have interference in what's yeah. in the product, and that's Wait, that that only really works if you're releasing a retail version. Why do you need help with it if it's digital only? You have that help from Steam. A lot of time, it's like like we've alluded to earlier with No Man's Sky. It's like if that wasn't Sony backing it, do you think it would still have the tail it's had? Um, People would care about it being delayed and things like we um, Tim mentioned earlier. It's like when you're an indie, normally you don't have to worry about that about delays and such. It's like look at the reception No Man's Sky got when it's only had one release date that got delayed. It's like it, the people were vile and vicious about it, and yeah, it was yeah. sickening, really. Yeah, but and I, I, you say that pub, they don't need it, but even publishing the PlayStation stores still still going to cost them a fee to for Sony. Mm. Having a publisher helps cover that fee. I mean, there are if there are a small indie company, they're not going to have the money lying around to pay Sony to publish the st- yeah stuff on the store. They're going to need a bigger company to help out. Uh, Sony lets you publish for free on the store as long as they approve it. I, I thought you had to yeah. go pay for the approval process, though. I think for resubmission, I think it's the uh, yeah. should you fail your initial approval. But uh, yes, there's been interesting casualties of that in the past, but uh, including Counter Strike Go in oh, Europe. God damn Just, it. I bought the American makes... version in the end, and it wasn't that good. So I, I don't know why. No, I think it says it already, doesn't it? But uh, yeah, the, Sony have probably got a little more lax in that whole uh, yeah. department, and reason, <laughs> probably because they have to deal with more games now. But yeah, uh, yeah it's. Yeah, I think yeah. we've had a good. Yeah, I just wanted to say, indie. unless you're independently doing it, you're not an indie game anymore. You're just a small budget game. Okay, which goes back to what I was saying earlier. It kind of replaces the B tier yeah. that you sit around. It is. It's it the middleware. It's not the yeah. shovelware. It's the middleware. Yeah, there is some shovelware though, but then some AAA games are shovelware anyway. Yeah. But it's rare. I said yeah. now, big studios. What was B tier stuff is now just stuff that uh, we've got to put something out. So you know, just give it to someone and see what they do. You no, know, we don't care. You know, so they won't push it. I mean, Sony are even kind of guilty with that. But luckily, they have good studios within their pool to hand things off to. See, with Sony, I don't see it as just that. I just see it them trying different things rather than always sticking to the same sort of gritty things. They do go off and do weird, weird stuff. Yeah, and I mean, I think they, I think they advertise accordingly. Though it's like yeah. they don't risk a big budget on stuff that's no. risky in terms of PR. Yeah. Um, 
but at least they do do some of the risks. Yeah, I mean, well, look at Until Dawn. Yeah, you know, it's like they gave that almost zero build up. It's like I think it was like a couple of interactive videos like a week before the game came yeah. out, and they were both live action. They had nothing to do with the game, and it's like it's. But the you know, word of mouth got the game around. You know, it's like because it was different enough, and yeah, as you said in the smaller games like that stuff like journey so it's like yeah. they allowed that to go through and they had that great partnership with that that game company um to <laughs> which make, is funny that it's called that so. yeah <laughs> hey it's that we're not trying game. to insult them by not remembering their name but it's their actual name <laughs> but yeah it, it shows that sony probably are a little better at being hands-off with uh smaller studios and oh. giving them the freedom to do what they want with their games. You want Which a is, mushroomed yeah. midget with, that uses marshmallows as power-ups and wears a bikini? Go ahead! <laughs> long as, it, as long as it runs, you're right. <laughs> as long as it runs at 60 frames per second and 1080p's, you'll be good. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, it's got to be 60 frames if it's VR, doesn't it? So. Oh yeah, it's for VR. But it's, uh, well, otherwise you just for up in your face yeah. but but i think i think that's enough indie talk because we've we've had a long long lengthy talk about indies and it's which is good they, need deserve to, they deserve it yeah good exposure and it's i mean we do talk about a variety of that mainly because i'm normally on it and i play all the games so. play <laughs> all of the games i play all of the games i've played 47 this year i think wow. so i played the same ones the same ones. <laughs> They're still in 2013. <laughs> what year is this, Sonny? <laughs> yes, I'm closing in. I'm closing in on outscoring last year. So uh, nice. I'm getting there. It's like, but it's, it's just that I think that drives me. Indie games are one of those things that drive me and to want to review more things because it's just fascinating. It just reminds me more of Simpler times, if you will, but yeah. marrying the more modern touches to such original, you know, simpler ideas is what they do the best, I think. And that, for me, is why it will continue to be an important part. I agree. Oh. Right, I don't think we really have time for anything else. No, I think uh, we've killed everyone. If anyone's still everyone. here, well done. Congratulations. Yeah, I expect lots of comments saying... The Where's the real games? It's like a, an Amiga or something, as is in keeping with indie talk. So, yeah, we've had a fun talk. Um, we'll be back next week with more stuff in our 129th episode of all this game talk in Malarkey. Um, Timothy Noons, it's been wonderful to have you again. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I can continue this this trend of not being months between perform. Uh, Yes, the not being words. not here. It's, it's, yes, it'll be good. Yes, it'll be nice to have different voices. You know, yeah. many because I can't always talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You do a pretty good job. Yeah, I know. I don't know why because I I just can't stop myself to be honest. <laughs> it's like, Maybe it's the Clive Anderson in you. It, it's ha- the Clive it happens Anderson. when you host, host though. When do I host, I just don't want to stop talking as well. Yeah. I think, yeah, you know, the, that Metal Gear Solid one I did, I, I had, like, no shortness of words. It was it was a blast, I know. by the way. 
I know. That's it. Was and you just want everyone to hear your voice. Like me. Well, it's one of the things I've stopped listening to the podcast a while back now when it comes to my voice. So it was a novelty for a while, but yeah, yeah, it's just now it's like ah, you you go um too often or you make ticking noises. Oh fuck (laughs) off! Fuck off! How's how's getting any people listening to this shite? (laughs) I just thought we forgot to bring up Gabin with Gary again. Uh, well, we recording, right? Yeah, 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 You seem surprised. <laughs> like we have some sort of cohesion going. You better add that to the list. Next week we better have a double episode Gary and Gabby Gary. The obvious. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Let's do Gabby with Gary for this week. Gary states the obvious. Is <laughs> often snarky. <laughs> Disagrees a lot. <laughs> Only with you, Neil. Only with you. Only with me. Yes. Actually, that was like first thing on the list. <laughs> it could be the last as well. Anyway, it's been good to have you disagreeing, Gary. All the same. Huzzah. Huzzah. And Ben, of course. We couldn't do it without you. Literally, you. we couldn't do it without you because it normally breaks. <laughs> yeah, it does normally. That broke a little bit last time with me on it, but. Obviously, that was yes. just some curse. Yes, that was it. It's just a one-off blip. Yeah. Does anybody have any shout-outs before we go? I do. Go on, Ben. I'd like to shout-out to Klaus at Phoenix Down Radio, like always. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you got this far without skipping ahead, thank you. I'd like to shout-out to Samus Evolved, uh, Evolved Male, a.k.a. Samus Rageborn, on Twitch. Yeah. Uh, he did an amazing thing for me last week. Basically, the pre-sale tickets for the Fantasy XIV Fan Fest went live in North America, but only North American subscribers were able to get a pre-sale code. You weren't allowed to get it if you're outside North America. Anyway, he purchased the ticket for me, and I PayPal'd him the cash. So that was really nice of him, and it means I've got a ticket yeah. for Fan Fest now. Splendid. Because they sold out. Literally, before the pre-sale could end, it's, they sold out. So nobody without the pre-sale could get one. Mm. So um, thank you. Cool. Gary, any shout-outs? Oh, just to the listeners and fans, thanks for listening. Please continue to listen to them. Yes. <laughs> Even if Gary's on, it's fine. Well, Gary will disagree with you. <laughs> what are you talking about? I bring in the most listeners. <laughs> you bring the ballot voice. Email us at podcast at psu.com. Who brings in the most listeners? <laughs> I'd hate I'd hate to know the answer to that one to us. <laughs> I'm gonna say Tim. Yeah, Tim Tim sees a spike in sales. <laughs> spike in sales? Just in general or, or? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, in general. Not for, I walk into Walmart and everybody buys. <laughs> you get Tim like, you get a Tim. <laughs> everybody gets a Tim. <laughs> Show me the Tim. Like there, was, there was literally no one in Tim's neighborhood until he moved in. It was like, <laughs> now every house is full. <laughs> and there's wait lists. There's a wait list. There, there are families living on top of each other in houses just because <laughs> they've all bought at the same time. It's, that, that is the Tim effect. Uh, talking of the Tim effect, Tim, is there any shout-outs you would like? Well, after my foolish, ignorant ramblings about Bound by Flame, I would like to make a shout-out formally to the developer spiders and say I apologize for not knowing about Technomancer properly. 
That is the that's like of the year. That's probably the stupidest thing I've done. I'll fool I've done a lot of stupid, the... but that's like. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Make sure they get my apology because I love what they've done so far. Yeah. Never front up. I'll, I'll take the trade. Okay. I'll go. I'll go now. Just go into, just go into the channel. Be, be right back, guys. Okay. See you in well, four well, hours. Well, that, and we'll, be, we'll get a report back from the next week. Um, <laughs> yeah. All wonderful. That concludes the draw. Um, all ties will be played the weekend. Oh no, hang on, wrong game. We are finishing a podcast. That's what we're doing. And I've been your host, Neil Bolt, as I said, joined by Timothy Noons, Ben Chilliver Hall, and Gary Bagdasarov, who is rude and impolite. Um, we will see you next week for 129th episode of PlayStation Unchained. Toodaloo. Tati bye. This is and Clive ben. saying good night. Good night. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, this is Clive Anderson saying good night. Good night.